Here we come. And we are back once again, ladies and gentlemen, for another exciting episode of Tales of the 2%. It's your boys. We are here. Football season is just about over, so we're going to give it to you live and direct, man. I am Mr. Wilson, man, one-fourth of the mighty men of Tales of the 2%, and we just want to welcome you guys on in. But first, we got to remember that Tales of the 2% is brought to you by the good folks over at Crux Media Group, man. If you want to get your podcast started, if you want to get your voice out there like we did, man, email them at info at Crux Media Group at LLC. Dot com. Again, that's info at Crux Media Group, LLC.com. They can help you with everything from getting your podcast off the ground and getting it monetized. But make sure you email the good people over at Crux Media. That's Crux. We are at the heart, the crux of podcasting. Uh, let's go ahead and get the guys on up in here, man. We've been having a good conversation in the green room, and I'm ready to get this show started. First and foremost, man, Mr. Too Cool for School himself, Antoine. What's going on, boy? What's going on? What's going on? Tell the two percent. We in here. What's happening, good people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This boy in here making moves, ladies and gents. The boy in here making moves. That boy making <laughs> moves today. Hey man, and the coolest TDS ever to touch down in your town, ladies and gents. Nachi LTL. Yeah, what up, boy? What it do? What it do? What it do? Feeling good, feeling hey, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. There they are, ladies and gents. Man, we are one short today. Our boy Donnie Williams is out with the stomach bug man so we are definitely keeping him and nephew in our prayers man y'all make sure when y'all hear this man y'all reach out to them, make sure they all good but they should be straight um but fellas man here we are for another week how y'all feeling hey, i'm feeling good man weather's getting a little nice out there i guess i can smell spring on the horizon man let's go that is true that's your, <laughs> that's your allergies and pollen <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, can I get some tissue, Mr. Lewis? <laughs> All day. Some, some All day. Do not get me started, man. E, how you, brother? Man, I'm blessed and highly favored, man. Just good look. stuff, man. Good stuff. We in March already, it, man. Yep, son. Around son. the corner. It is flying by, man. It is crazy to think it's almost March, man. Oh uh, man, everything's straight over over here in these streets, man. Just trying to handle it, do be be excellent like these gentlemen over here. Um, getting these grades in. We just wrapped up uh the county science fair over at our school, so we have one second place finish and a couple of top five finishes. So they got some honorable mentions. So let's on to the next competition, which is a science B. So I got to plan a field trip out of at not out of state out of town for them to um compete somewhere and i gotta figure out when and where before the deadlines come along so that's what i am working on this week and the science club uh they want to dissect frogs on wednesday so okay. we'll see how that goes because <laughs> placing knives in a bunch of middle school's hands just make me nervous they do <laughs> exactly right it, it made me real nervous, bro. So I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do, but uh, that's that's what it is for right now. <laughs> hey, man. But again, man, we thank y'all all for tuning in once again, guys. Remember, man, make sure to follow us at Mr. TOTP on Twitter at Tales of the Two Percent on Instagram. Join the conversation in our Facebook group at Tales of the Two Percent Podcast. If you want to be a part of the conversation, leave us a teacher's lounge confessions. Email the show at totppodcast at gmail.com 
or call or leave a voicemail at 470-765-8688. Thank you for all of you who have reached out and made contact and started dropping us your emails. Uh, we got another good one for the Teacher's Lounge Confessions today. Somebody emailed this one in, so I can't wait to get down to this one, man. But um, like all master teachers, of course, we got to have our lesson plans posted a week in advance. We make sure we meet all our deadlines. That's what we do. So uh, our, our show is kind of set up like the lesson plan. We've got our teachers, uh, we got our warm-up, our academic discussion, phenomenon, guiding question, fun part of the show, the Teacher's Lounge Confessions, that we dive into the day-to-day SEL moment. Then, of course, got to have a ticket out the door. So um, that is all the show is set up to be. But without further ado, we're going to go Cards Against Humanity. This is one of the favorite ones that I like to do, man. Teacher's Editions for Cards Against Humanity. So let's get this music going and let's get to Cards Against Humanity up, man. So first one up, first one up, fellas, I need you to give me the best three words that describe female student drama at school. Best three words that describe female student drama at school. All right, I'll go first. Best three words that describe female drama at school. Number one is definitely scary. Uh, number two, <laughs> I would say messy. And number three yeah. is ongoing. Scary, ongoing. It don't stop. It, it, it don't, don't stop, stop, man. It, it don't, don't stop. stop. Man, if I could if I could pick three words, the first one that comes to mind is tiring. Oh gosh, it is so tiring. And I don't know if that's just the man in me that's just alerted to the to the women drama, but I just be tired looking at these girls go back and forth. The second <laughs> word that comes to mind is um pointless. Cause the funny thing about it is they go to the bathroom, come back, and they be friends again. So I was like, what was y'all even mad at? <laughs> And then the third one, if I could choose words, it'd be tired and pointless because I still don't get it. Y'all, I don't get it. The world will never know. That's me and female drama. I got a sense. Yeah, well, come on, come on, give it to me. A a never ending battle. That's exactly what it is. (laughs) Right. Because it ain't going to ever end. It's not, man. They, they they walk around hey. with so much rage, man. Hey, I'm like, do you ever feel like you watching like little baby housewives in training? <laughs> right, that's exactly like you exactly. <laughs> Oh man! All right, man. Let's get to question number two with this one, man. Fill in this blank. Educators on Monday be like blank. Fill in the blank. Educators on Monday be like what? We're Friday. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah. Hey. Educators on Monday be like, damn, I was just here. <laughs> <laughs> I just left. <laughs> oh, oh sorry. This is me. Educators on Monday be like, dear God. If you just get me through one more week, I promise I'll do better, Lord. Help me. <laughs> Give me strength. Right. You start having them real conversations. Be praying kids out. Of, just, just let little Jimmy be out of school today, Lord, and I will be fine. <laughs> yes, sir. 
Hey, man, that is hilarious. Uh, all right, man, next question up there. Fill in this blank. Blank first, lesson plans later. Blank first, lesson plans later. Fill in that blank. Hey, man, I'm always somewhere eating. I got to get me a snack before I show up that collaborative plan. That's right. Got to get a snack, dog. On eat first, lesson plan later. Oh, snap, sir. Hey, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. It's P first, then lesson plan. <laughs> yeah. Take as care of the water bill, right? Yeah, I, 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 I got to see a man about a horse. That's usually what it is. Yeah, it is. Okay. Hey, y'all said both of mine like that. That was it. I was gonna eat, then I was gonna stop by the bathroom, then I was, then I was going to do my plan. Then I'm on my way. And then you're on your way. See, hey, great minds thinking like, boy, that's all that matters. That's all that matters, man. Your question four. I want you to think about this one. These five things are in my teacher survival kit. You a teacher, you need these five things. What five things are in your teacher survival kit? I'm gonna go ahead and go first. I'm gonna tell you exactly what's in my teacher survival kit. Number one, I need my phone charger because I'm gonna call somebody mama's on site, on deck. Or two, when y'all taking the test, I'm about to be on Facebook doing something. That's number one. <laughs> number two, money for the snack machine because I will not starve yelling at y'all. I'm gonna get me some food. That's number two. Number three. Hmm, what's number three? Number three, I need a pen. I don't know why I feel like I always need a pen. Because I'm about to write something. I'm about to write something or someone up. Or I just need a pen. That's number three. Number four is a Wi-Fi extender. Because the service in every school is always terrible. It's just no, yeah. I just I need, I need a Wi-Fi extender. And uh, number five is... um. Well, number number five is gonna be aspirin or something like that, because I'm guaranteed you almost always need aspirin. And an honorable mention would be uh, a glass of adult Kool-Aid waiting for me at home. <laughs> That's a good list. No, That's hey my God. You might have just hit all every everything, man. <laughs> I think you for got me, it. I gotta I gotta have that uh I'm thinking about the classroom, so I, I, I gotta have a crossword search just in case you know the kid, the kid finish a little early. I gotta have that stash in my back pocket. Just busy work, man. So uh, yeah. I give them. I gotta have. I gotta have that lotion because you know some mornings, you know what I mean, especially when it's cold, oh, you probably God, left, yes, bro. You know you gotta get the little the ashy spots. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Got to have the smell good, so you got to spray your room on. Okay, if it's Lysol. Oh, because you always have that one, that one student, right? Or, or multiple. Yeah, you, just, yeah. you, know, you gotta spray that thing three, four, five times. Uh what else would I have? Gotta have snacks. Gotcha. Man, kids, they, they say, why the kids so loud in your class? Like they they engage. But hey, look, <laughs> I'm throwing I'm throwing candy as they answering questions. I, I keep engagement up. I know how to get to them. And the last one, oh, last one, last one. Maybe some deodorant, man. I ain't even gonna lie. Uh, this past week, I left out the house. Was this past week Valentine? Yeah. Yeah, so I had yeah. left out the house, man. Forgot to hit myself with the deodorant, man. And as I got to the, as when I was getting out the car, I was like, I got to run to this store real quick. 
But I had, yeah. I had yeah. it already at my desk, I would have yeah. been blessed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Man, y'all okay? All right, so let's see, let's see. For me, it's going to definitely be a lifeline. When I say a lifeline, you got to have that alley-oop to one of your teachers on the hallway when your kids are acting up and you say, you know what, uh, go to Miss Such-and-Such room because you tripping. Bro. Yeah, got to have that alley-oop teacher on your yes, ally, you know. Number two, got to have the snacks in the, in the third drawer. I keep mine in the third drawer. That way I don't have to bend down too far. <laughs> Boom, right-hand side. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number three, man, you got to keep that plastic forks, plastic spoon. Oh, you got to have so a few of them stashed, man. Yeah. I go to the cafeteria, man. I, I smile at the lunch ladies. I give them compliments. They love me in there, man. You know? <laughs> yeah. You, you got to respect them because they're an integral part of the school. So I keep about three, four, five plastic knives, plastic silverware. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? Hey, you got to have your own broom. That is true. Oh, man. You know, the custodians sometimes get bogged down. And I ain't going to lie to you. They forget to hit your room sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to you gotta be able to hit them little, them little spots on your own, man. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let's see. Let's see. We got, uh, oh, you got to have some napkins, man. You got to have some napkins. Kids spill stuff. They always want a white. Hey, I keep me some napkins stashed. And I run it Do like they that. Not have the weirdest spills. It's like I spilled lip gloss. How much lip yeah. gloss do you have that you had to spill it on the table? Yeah, yeah. And they love that <laughs> question. You got this? You got that? Can I borrow this? Uh, Let me ask your mom. I ain't got it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, real quick about that broom thing, son. I didn't have my own broom. I don't have my own broom. So tell me why the custodian gave me a dust mop. So I have a dust mop in my room. I got one of the big custodian brooms just oh, to sweep everything. Oh, yeah. yeah Son, take me about five minutes to sweep the whole, whole That's room. Right. I put it right on there in the hallway. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, we got one final question for our ticket. Uh, not our ticket out the door. That's the wrong signal. For our um, warm up bed. Last one, man. My excuse for not being at my door in the morning. What is your excuse for not being at your door in the morning? Hey, my excuse is going to always be, uh, man, kids in there about to fight. I had to break, I had to break it up. I had to break it up. I didn't want that to happen on my watch. You're going to have a good day today. Yeah. Now, do you yeah. want to have a good yeah. day? Yeah. <laughs> you got to act real mad because I don't want that in my room. <laughs> Hey, I got the perfect one. Was and that? it will never fail you. What you got? I was talking to a parent. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I got to put that in my pocket. Keep that one in your back pocket. Keep that in your back pocket. She was almost headed to the district. I had to talk off the ledge. <laughs> She was about. She's. She's about to send an email. She's about to send an email. I had to intercept. I had to intercept. Talk off the lead. Talk down the lead. Yeah, I had to talk off the lead, man. Like, I, I, they don't even want to know. They don't want to know the detail because they don't want to have to even deal with the parent. Right. She coming tomorrow too, so I'm gonna be late tomorrow. No, 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 oh, no, no, that's perfect. Call her back. That is perfect, That is perfect. I was gonna be honest. I was gonna be honest and say my excuses simply put, I'm not there yet. So somebody unlocked my door, but Najee, that was amazing. 
Look, keep that in your back pocket. When you ain't got nothing else to say, just let that be the first thing. Oh, that's funny. That is hilarious, man. Yo, good stuff, fellas. Great warm-up. Great way to start off the show, man. Again, our boy Donnie is out, so I'm stepping in for the announcements this morning, man. Real quick announcement. County offices and schools for Clayton County Public Schools will be closed tomorrow, February 20th for winter break. I put that in hyper I put that in air quotes because it's President's Day and we'd have President's Day off anyway. But winter break is tomorrow. So the county the office, county offices and all schools will be closed. Classes will resume February 21st. Tuesday. Make sure you have them back with a laptop charged. Now, let's get into our quick black history moment, man. Again, as we start to close out Black History Month and we start to head into our next month, which is Women's History Month. We just want to tell you about a cool couple cool important black figures, female black figures, man. And we like to again introduce you and tell you guys again about Justice Kentaji Brown Jackson. Jackson is the first black woman to serve on the Supreme Court, the first federal public defender to sit on the court and the first justice since Thurgood Marshall to represent criminal defendants. Kentaji Onika Brown was the first of two children of Johnny and Ellery Brown, both of whom, get this, were public school teachers at the time of her birth. The family then moved to Washington, D.C., then to Miami, Florida, where her father earned a law degree from the University of Miami and became an attorney for the school board of Miami-Dade County. Her mother became a school principal. Also there, Brown grew up in Miami, where she attended public schools. Uh, let's see, she served as class president, excelled in speech and debate competitions, and enrolled in Harvard in 1988, where she met her husband, Patrick Jackson. Uh, let's see. She graduated magna cum laude from Harvard with a bachelor's degree in government. In her senior year, wrote many theses examining the role of coercion in plea bargaining. After a stellar career as working as a journalist for Time Magazine, supervising editor for prestigious Hard Harvard Law Review, and federal and as a federal clerk in many other legal positions in her career, on February 25th, 2022, President Joe Biden announced that he was nominating Jackson to fill the Supreme Court seat left open by the retirement of Justice Stephen Breyer. The U.S. Senate voted to confirm her on April 7th, making her the first Black woman to serve on the United States Supreme Court. So we salute you, Justice Kentaji Brown Jackson, for all that you are doing and the history that you are making daily, man. Shout out to that. All right. Now, our phenomenon for today is coaching, man. We all up into this coach life. And our guiding question is simply put, man, are coaches the most respected male teachers in the building now before we dive into our academic discussion man um all all of us who are here right now have actually had experience coaching so e uh run us down your coaching resume real quick like what's your what's been your experience for coaching like how long have you coached what sports have you coached all right so i've been coaching since 2009 as an athletic coach uh probably even before then but officially 2009 so about about 14 years um i've coached football basketball soccer track um tennis golf uh, you name it both boys and girls sports um so I've, I've been able to kind of see it from a wide range of different sporting um activities right side note real quick you know they're bringing soccer to middle school now yeah they it, it was in middle school uh it was through a um 
in Clayton County. It was through a uh, small organization, but now I think they're going to incorporate it in the schools now. So. Yeah, like they actually they're having soccer tryouts at, at my school now, which is wild to me. But I mean, I'm excited. The kids are excited. Yeah, so me that's, too. I'm excited for that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. The real football. That's all that's all I want to do, but I just want to go to a game and get down on the goal. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Antoine, give us give us your coaching resume, man. Um, started coaching uh, 2015 uh, with Clayton County. Uh, coached up until 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're talking about maybe five to six years uh, actively coaching. Um, of course, you know, uh, COVID hit, and then things kind of shifted a little bit. <clears throat> but um, other than that, uh, yep, that's how my that's my resume. And it was uh it was mainly football. Yeah, football, football. Yeah, correct. All right. For, for me, um, I've helped out with AAU teams. Uh, specifically, my brother used to run the AAU team, so I helped out with him. And um, a friend of mine back in South Carolina had an AAU team, so I've helped out with basketball uh, for maybe about off and on, maybe about two or three years. Um, for Clayton County, I coached maybe uh about a year and a half, up to two years, right before COVID hit. So. Um, I did those two particular sports unofficially. I was always running study hall for a lot of the team. So I was part of the team, but I necessarily wasn't a coach. Um, so that's been my um, foot into the world of coaching. Um, so let me ask you guys this particular question. When it comes to coaching, do you think are coaches the most respected male teachers in the building? Um, I'll jump in. <clears throat> you know what? Uh, they are. They are. For some reason, especially among, and I'm just going to be honest, uh, African-American black culture, man, sports mm-hmm. is like a, a, a phenomenon in our in our communities. Um, yeah. As you know, sports is a, a ticket, as you will, for a lot of students to um, go to the next level. You know, college scholarships, um, even NFL, NBA. And man, you would be surprised at how much influence a coach has on a student in the classroom. So definitely coaches, man, they they definitely have a lot of respect and, you know, uh, pull, as you will, with a lot of the students. I mean, uh, if I could jump in, I would agree with Antoine. I would say uh, that coaches um do have a a greater relationship and are you know to me are some of the best teachers in the school building because Mm -hmm. they get to see the kids outside of school and you know the kids are able to have that reverence for them um because coaches sit and be and and have that opportunity to communicate with parents be able to be the authentic sales you know because oftentimes we dress up during the work day but then we mm-hmm. go out on that field, we put on our shorts so the kids get to see us in our natural state and yeah. we get to be our natural selves while we got there. Some of us, we, you know, we speak like we, you know, not the professional right. us, but oh, the kids, oh, the, the kids receive that. And, and when they know that part of you and they see you in the building and they're like, yeah, I already know because, you know, he, he understands where I come from because they have that reverence for you. They don't want to mess up. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do think coaches have a little bit more respect. And I think mainly it's because of the shared interest with a lot of students and a lot of other people, because when 
like you said, when black men are in the classroom, we we put on that face, we put on that professional mask. But when we get out and get to be our authentic selves in an atmosphere that we feel comfortable in, and almost, it almost it peels back everything. It was like, oh, this is who he really is. Oh, oh I understand him just a little bit more. So I, I do think that. I do think that as well, man. And that actually brings me, Najee, you said something. It brings me to my next question. Is teaching in the classroom just like coaching a sports team? Are, are, there, are there similarities or are they two real different things? <clears throat> You know, I mean, what? for the, for oh, the teacher, yeah. I guess for a, a teacher who don't coach is not. Mm-hmm. But for a teacher who coaches like they it's, it's almost like it's the same thing because you're able to reach that kid. Because when you're on the coaching field, you're doing a lot of teaching, although we always think that we receive kids who are already talented. That mm-hmm. That's not the case a lot of the time, especially in certain mm-hmm. group middle school. You're doing a lot of teaching of skills. Um, even in high school, even in college, you're teaching the kids the skills and then you're enhancing those skills through coaching. But and and then a lot of good teachers will take that to the classroom and they'll use those same skills to move their kids to that next level. Um, But I just think to me, it's it's like it's almost as though it's like it's a process for coaches. and, And when you coach, you have a different type of thinking on how to you know what I'm saying? Reach the kids and and find out what their deficits are because that's all we do all day long on the football field, basketball right. court. We're looking at footwork. Yeah, they just don't have the footwork. I want to work on this. Or we missed a lot of layups, so we need to work yeah. on this more. So you train, you move that to the classroom. If students are messing up in this area, you know what? We need to revisit this tomorrow for our warm up. Warm up. Mm-hmm attaches itself to what you do in practice so a lot of kids can understand the lingo understand the alignment so for me now i think i think it it was almost the same thing so yeah yeah go ahead jump in there antoine um to speak you know to what naji was saying uh definitely um you got to think about when our players or our uh athletes play games that's similar to an assessment Mm -hmm. then when you go back and watch film Okay, now what are you doing? You're doing some critiques. Now you're trying to find out uh, why this player did such and such. And you might have them sit down and watch film with you, like what we used to do with our players, football. Mm -hmm. And so what is that? That's actually reviewing the test. Okay, why did you choose A? Mm -hmm. What was your reasoning behind B? Um, Where did you find this in the text? You know, just trying to paint some similarities. And so you're spending a lot of time teaching. And um, (laughs) me and my coworkers, man, we joke a lot of you know when we think about test scores and then like if we got a season where we just have you know i'll just be real a losing season we always make this joke and say you know what this field is just like the classroom Mm. they have trouble in that classroom Mm -hmm. and it translates right onto that field or right to the court it's like they can't take basic steps or information and it's the same process Mm -hmm. so i agree It's, it's definitely the same coaching and teaching is the same yeah, that that boy, you shed some light on that thing. That was very, very good, very good uh parallels on all that type. So never thought never thought about it like that. I do agree that there are a lot of similarities. I think the one biggest difference though, that the big glaring difference for me though, is the discipline aspect of it. Because inside the classroom, you are expected to control and have discipline in there, but there comes a point in time where almost you know, you have to send that kid to the principal or you have to send that kid to another mm-hmm. teacher's classroom to to maintain 
the classroom environment as compared to on the field or on the court. It's like, oh, you cutting up. The coach can take discipline into their own hands. It's like, okay, you cut up, you're going to pay for this. And mm-hmm. it very rarely does anybody question your discipline out there. Um, and that brings me to a- another particular question. And, you know, just, just thinking out loud, man. So should teachers inside the classroom be able to discipline like coaches? Should they be able, like, like do you think discipline would change if little Johnny cut up in the classroom and he know he got to go do some type of physical activity before he can come back or do something like he would have to do at a practice? Do you think teachers should be able to discipline like coaches? Um, I'll jump in. I'll say no. And the reason why I say no is because playing a sport is a privilege. Mm-hmm. Being in school, that's not a privilege. Like you have to be in school. You don't have to play a sport. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times what coaches do, I know speaking from my experience is, man, we use that as leverage for our athletes. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So we say things like, hey, listen, okay. You fail in your class, but you want to play on my court? Nah, bro. So what you about to do is run these suicides. Yeah. Go mm-hmm. talk to your teacher. And if we don't get this grade pulled up in two weeks, you just won't play because this is a privilege. Right. Um, right. Unfortunately, we can't use those type of tactics in the classroom. If Lenny Johnny is failing, that joker just going to have to do some do more work to get his grade up or that's it. He can't run suicides. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's right. So unfortunately, man, uh, we can't we can't make that same type of uh, disciplinary actions on both sides. And I would I would jump in and and also say, too, that, um, you know, when you discipline like that in the classroom, it could be looked at as corporate corporal punishment, Mm -hmm. having kids holding books, having them do push ups because some kids are unable to. Then now we're thinking we're crossing the lines of it being ethical and those type of things. And to Antoine's Mm -hmm. point, when you look at kids, um, they want to play sports. See, sports is, is yeah. a privilege. It's an option, too. Right. And you want to play yeah. sports because that's something that you want to do. And it, what coaches do, we use that as a leverage. So you don't want to run these laps or you don't want to do this. So you can either go home and a lot of the kids know that they put in the work so they can be on the team. So they really want to be a lot of the times kids don't care, you know, to come to school. Mm-hmm. So. Because of that, it's like I can't make a kid do push-ups who don't even want to be in school or don't even mm-hmm. understand why they even in school. So, I mean, they don't mm-hmm. care. But a kid on the sports field, they want to be out there. So because right. they want to be out there, they will do the the discipline or whatever it is, however you decide to discipline them on the field. And then that's that's another thing. Sports teaches you discipline or supposed mm-hmm. to. And a lot of kids receive that. In school, oftentimes they receive punishments. And we've talked about this in the previous shows. Punishments just punish you, give you a consequence, and there's no learning behind it. In sports, right. you get a discipline, and there's learning behind it. You, you want to know why you want to know why you had to do them push up because you dropped that ball. You're supposed to be my best player. I believe in you. That's building. You break right. them down to build them back up. A lot of that teachers right. don't have time to build them back up. Mm. Right. A lot of the time, right. unfortunately, because we teach over 100 and something kids a day and we can't do that for all of our kids. Sports is a little bit more compressed. You have about 50 on the football field, 12 on a basketball court. You could be a little bit yeah. more intimate and personable with them. So, yeah, agree. Agree. Great point. That's a great point. So I don't know. I do. Um, do I wish that teachers could discipline my coaches? Yes. Yes. I'm not going to lie. Yes, I do. But 
Um, I I agree that it does walk a fine line and it, it can come off really, really difficult and wrong. And you guys, each of you spoke to something um, important about coaching and that's the discipline part, the instilling the discipline. So, and, and, and we, we off the top of our head can think of that one coach who fits this next bill. Are coaches the next thing to a father figure for some kids? We know that students graft on to teachers in the classroom, but it's just something about a coach where a good coach, you never forget him. So are coaches the next thing to a father figure for a lot of these kids who come from single parent households? That's the missing key. Mm-hmm. That that that's 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 the role that we're expected to play, mm-hmm. um, especially you know me personally. And I'm be honest with you, man. I grew up in a single a single mother household. Man, the coach was damn near your daddy. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that was your that was dad. That was that was the only man I saw for a very long time who I looked mm-hmm. up to, who I took instruction from who I uh, would base a lot of my, you know, understanding of manhood and things of that nature. And so the, the, the black coach, man, he's, he plays, he wears a lot of hats and father figure is definitely one of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a position that you take as a coach that, you know, is, you know, is you will be looked at as a father figure. Even if you mm-hmm. ask to be it or not, you know, even if you're trying hard or not, even if you're not a great coach, kids will just cling to you because they're their coach. You're that man out there in their life, coach the black man a lot of the time because they cling to that. And you're able to see them again outside of who they are during the during the school day. Because if you you will notice that kids change from daytime to after school, they are completely right. different kids. And, you know, for, for kids, I even have kids reaching back out to I me. Mean, I ran into one of my old football players. He's at uh, University of South Carolina now playing football. I coached him over at Rex Mill um, years ago, my first year teaching. And just to see where he's at. Now, he was just thanking me uh, for everything. I'm like, what did I do? I just was coaching, right? Um, I got another kid uh, who's who, who's joining the combine this year, Kamari Averitt. He's a, he was over at Bethune-Cookman. And just and he always looked at me as a father figure, um, but because I was just always there for him and they're not used to black men even just being there for him or even caring enough to discipline them. So when, when you right. give them the things that they're lacking at home as a black man, you, you just take on that role as a father figure or a big brother or however you decide to play with the words. They just going to look up to you as that role model that they're missing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for a lot of our young brothers to have a man interested in the same thing that they're interested in is what forms such a strong bond. Um, A lot of kids actually have two parents in the household, but son and dad don't like the same things or they have two parents in the household or dad is never really there to support son like they want to. So they dread to hear coach say, yo, well, he, you go out there, you make a good play, and coaches hype, getting you hyped, the team hype, everybody hype. You that that's what forms that bond. So I do think coaches, whether intentional or unintentional, like y'all said, they step into those roles. And I hope all of our coaches out there listen, because we got a bunch of coaches who actually tune into the show, man. I hope you guys really understand the power and the influence that you have. Real quick side note question, man. Give me 
a real quick memory or a real quick shout out to one of your favorite. Y'all, we've played all of us have played sports. I want you to think of a coach real quick, maybe a favorite coach or one who's stuck in your memory the most. Man, give him a shout out real quick. Shout out, Coach Coatfield, my football, my high school football coach. Man, he's now the head coach at McDonough High School. Man, phenomenal coach. Coach by Coach Coatfield by four eleven. But man, you terrified of him if he walk in the room. <laughs> Shout out to Coach Coatfield, man. Love you, Coach. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Coach Mike Harris. Um, he coached yeah. me in middle school, man. Yeah, yeah. Jeff, no. <laughs> yeah. Coach yeah. Harris, man. Hey, I had the privilege of him being my real teacher, and then having him as my coach, and that's that's double mm-hmm. that's double trouble. Cause you yeah. know, if you go crazy in that classroom, he gonna front you out in front of the class. That's right. And yeah. then he gonna get you on that field, man. That's right. Yeah. I, I knew it was yeah. love, though, man. Mm-hmm. Coach Harris, shout out to yeah. you, Mike. Love you. I, I remember, I remember Coach Harris. Coach Harris taught social studies. I'll never forget this. Coach Harris taught social go. studies. Coach, Coach Harris used to smoke, boy. He had that old smoker's <laughs> voice too. Boy, boy, I don't know what you're sitting there doing, boy. Boy, you just cutting up in the back, boy. It, oh, son. That that's my dude, man. That is my, my dude. dude so man. <laughs> I got to send I gotta send a special shout out to my my the one coach that always sticks in my my mind is Coach Dorwin Lyles. Um I can't remember what school he is at now, but Coach Lyles actually coached me from the time I started playing football in middle school to the time I graduated high school from Morrow High. He moved up in in he 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 was like second dad. Like we would talk all the time. He would, you know, give me words of advice and all that. He told me, he always tell me, use sports as a tool. Don't let it use you. Be ready to walk away from it because everybody's gonna have to walk away one time, but make sure you got something else to do. And I never forget all those conversations we had when I started coaching. First person I reached out to was him, man. He was like, Yeah, I got this, you know, do this, do this, run your practice like this, do that, that, that. So to be able to have that conversation with him was really dope, man. And I, Coach Lyles, man, if you were listening, I appreciate you for everything that you've done, man. You are my dude, man. All right. So that brings us to another quick question, man. So we all we all know coaches are out there. Coaches have that respect, coaches have that reverence. Does do coaches do coaches sometimes create um what's the word I'm looking for? Is it hard for teachers, male teachers, and coaches to coexist? Like, is is do you think there's maybe whether spoken or unspoken, there can be sometimes butting of heads, maybe even a little bit of jealousy between a coach and a regular teacher because of the different views and things like that? I would say, um, I, I would agree to it to a certain extent only because um, I experienced something like that. And it was only because of my discipline tactics. Um, the, the teacher couldn't understand why kids was just so well behaved in my class and why they was able to conduct. But then they went to, you know, you know, her class or, you know, whatever the case may be. And and saw the difference in how students reacted in her class. And it was only because it was always because, oh, they only do that because you they coach. Like if you mm-hmm. wasn't a coach, so it was just little shots like that. I'm not gonna say every teacher is like that because some teachers appreciate you being mm-hmm. a coach because they love sending the kids, especially the athletes, to your class. But unfortunately, yeah. they use that as a weapon against athletes too. And that's something that we can talk about. Um, how they always threatening to get the kid to not play in the game. Uh, or yeah. whatever and you know that that removes the power from the coach but we'll talk about that one later in the show but yeah man um 
I've had that situation happen. And um, yeah, it just, you know, it, it, to each his own, it happens and it don't happen, but it happened for me. So, yeah. Nah, hey, Najee, I'm glad you brought that up because that is a weapon that all teachers use. I've I've never, well, I, I get it. I understand why. Yeah. But yeah. man, and it's and it's always that one teacher. It's one that, that it's one. tries to just throw it at kids. Oh, oh, I bet you don't do that on that field. Yeah. I bet you don't do that on that court. I bet and he can't play today. He can't play today. You're like, no, that's yeah, not your yeah. call. That's not your call. They send yeah. they sending you the three page email. And yeah. I'm just like, okay. I, and I understand it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I had one student tell me straight up, I hate when my teacher tries to bring up sports as a way to humiliate me. Uh, and, and when he told me that, it, it clicked. I play football. I'm not. I'm not football. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Makes sense. Yeah, I, 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 I teach kids, but I ain't. I'm not teacher. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Separate the two. Separate the person from the, from the sport. And That's sometimes right. other teachers don't know how to do it. Man. How to do it man. Yeah, it's. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's tough. Um, we all like Nancy said. We all know it exists, and we and all know it's kind of sometimes those unsaid, unspoken things. Unfortunately, I've been the teacher sometimes. They, I'm gonna tell you, coach, if you don't cut it, get it together. And for some kids, it gets them together. But I've seen how. Unfortunately, sometimes the athletes get singled out because their the, their level of expectation mm-hmm. is a little bit a little bit higher. Because unfortunately, when you're an athlete, you have something to lose. You you have something that other kids don't have, especially if your team's winning, especially if the school is doing all this, and you got yourself a little clout in the hallways. Sometimes it's unfortunate that teachers look to snatch that as a way to control kids and it's it's hurtful and it's 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 tough to see and watch so i do think there is kind of a butting of heads sometimes and it's just it's just one of those things that you know you kind of just got to pull people aside and address them and all that because it's like yo why because kids know when they're being picked on kids know when they're being singled out athletes know when they're being picked on or singled out and it's just it's one of those really things that it, it sucks to see. And I hope, you know, I hope it's not ha- it's not happening in anybody's school that, you know, listens to our show. But we just know that it happens. Um, So let's get out this academic discussion on this last one. man. I'm going to give you guys a statement. And by all means, we're going to have a part two for this one, because I got some coaches who want to come in here and, and talk to this one. Man, Antoine, I was trying to get Coach Jay on the thing he said he's down to come in and talk we just we got to figure out a time to get him in here okay he runs okay. he run, he run open gym at four o'clock so we got to figure out good. a way to get him in. he was like whenever he gets some time he wants to come by uh but this last part man teach listen to the statement and i just want you do you agree yes or no and why teaching is focused on the acquisition of new knowledge and skills Coaching is focused on refining and developing the skills. Do you agree or disagree with the statement and why? Teaching is focused on the acquisition of new knowledge and skills. Coaching is focused on refining and developing knowledge and skills. Do you agree with the statement? Yes or no and why? I disagree. Uh, my why is I say uh, all 
all coaches, all coaches can be teachers, but all teachers can't be coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Because when we're out on the football field as a coach or on the baseball field or whatever the playing <clears> field <throat> is, we're teaching new skills. We're, we're often yeah. all the time, we're teaching skills, we're enhancing skills, we're developing skills, we're, we're going back through that whole cycle. Um, I just think that, you know, even if a kid comes to your classroom and we can't say that this kid is learning new knowledge in, our, in the classroom, we're mm-hmm. assuming that. We, we can't expect that these kids haven't seen this before because oftentimes we're thinking that we're the ones that's introducing the students to this new thing, this new knowledge. But in actuality, it's probably not new to the child. Right. right. So, so, for, so for me, I would just say that a coach, um, back to your point with the um, I, I think the coaches are always refining and developing knowledge and skills, but they're also teaching the kids new skills set new. So I think all coaches can be teachers, but all teachers can't be coaches. Well said, sir. Man, you you just, uh, hey, listen, <clears throat> the way I uh, and I'm gonna be real with you, uh, you know, my IEP. I, that question you asked, I can't remember all them big words you used. Right. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, acquisition and politician and Polynesian <laughs> salt. But listen, okay, so uh, here's what I'm going to say. I'm, I'm going to stay on topic. <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking of myself as when I'm in the classroom, um, I'm glad that I had the opportunity to be a coach. Mm-hmm. And then have the ability to go back to the classroom and sharpen my saw as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like every teacher should have to coach or do something in the building to improve mm-hmm. their skills in the classroom. That is true. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and I'm not saying it don't have to be a sport, but you have to, I believe at some point from August to May, you should have to head some type of club. Mm-hmm. Um, you should have to put together some type of program and mm-hmm. it don't even have to exist that school year, but you have to put it in the stages to to sharpen your tools and your uh, abilities to create and to coach and to manage students outside of the classroom, because I promise mm-hmm. it will take you back to your skills in the classroom. That is true. That's again, boy, that's something to think about. We need to write all this stuff down. So we put, we put, uh, present it to the county. That sounds good. That's really good. Hey, really man, they need us, brother. Ooh, it's a room waiting on us. They need, they need to put on the, put us on the policy board, man. Um, if I could jump in there real quick, I do think that's it. Teaching and coaching. Come on, talk is talk. both. I think teaching and coaching is both about the acquisition of knowledge and skills. Because, like a little bit what Najee said, a lot of kids out there that's their first time doing a sport ever. A lot of kids in the classroom, this is their first time hearing a lot of words ever. And as a good teacher, you got to be able to differentiate. As a good coach, you have to know the skill sets. You're not going to put no first time kid, this is their first time lacing up sneakers or this is their first time putting on a helmet. And you're going to put them in there against your starting uh, right tackle from you know last season. That's not going to happen. So I do think it's a more it, it falls more so about being focused on the acquisition and knowledge of skills. Going back to like what you said earlier, Antoine, those parallels that you made, the assessment is the practice or the assessment is the game. All right, let's sit down, talk. What did you do? What could you do better? What could you improve on? All right, cool. 
go home, work on this. When you see me in the morning, work on this and we'll, you know, we'll get it together as compared to coach, as compared to teaching a lot of time, the practices and the refining part comes through more testing or it comes through more book work or it comes through some other form of outdated assignment, unfortunately. So they, they really not, they're not refining their skills like they should. It's more so just a memorization as compared to being out there when you're physically moving or when you're in a certain environment, you, and you, you're, you're more intentional with it. You remember more. So I, I kind of disagree with this statement. I I understand what they were trying to say, but I, I kind of disagree with the man, but that's our academic discussion for boy. We've been at this one for a minute. As you can tell, we all love coaching. We love sports. We're going to be back at this again for a part two coming up, but Let's go ahead and take it to the teacher's lounge. Antoine, if you please. Teacher's lounge, teacher's lounge. Will smiles turn to frowns? Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) All right. All right. Check it out. Check it out. So this one comes from uh, one of our listeners by the name of Miss G. And she had one simple question to ask to the 2%. Here we go. She writes in, hey, fellas, quick question. Like, like, really be honest. Like, tell the truth. Have you ever had to wear the same pants back to back at work and just change the shirt like it's a new outfit? <laughs> hey, man, I, man, I, I'm going to tell the truth, man. I had spent the block one time before, man. I spent the block one. <laughs> I hey, did, I, man. I, Look, I, and it was unintentional. <laughs> It was unintentional, man. <laughs> it was unintentional. I didn't find out until the morning of, because, you know, I had me a little little biscuit that morning before. So I remember that jealous thing. <laughs> that was right. That was right there by the zipper. So the next day, I tell my wife to bring me my pants downstairs because I had my shirt and I was getting breakfast ready. And I just put it on uh-huh. through the shirt on get to work. And I was like, Oh, I put these, I got these same pants on from yesterday. <laughs> it is what it is at that point. It hey, is hey. what it is at that point. <laughs> Let me tell you something here, man. Look here. <laughs> My golden rule is to always have more shirts than pants. Nobody mm. cares about your pants. <laughs> but your shirts. <laughs> shirt and your shoes and your hair. <laughs> I keep my shirts nice. I keep my lineup crispy. Two laces clean. Awesome. <laughs> so, so to answer your question, you damn right I didn't keep up saying pants. Yes, I have. <laughs> oh, yes, son. I have. Two and move, yes, man. Yep. Son, <laughs> but my shirt was clean. I, again, I feel so seen right now. I'm gonna tell you exactly how many pair of pants I got. I got four <laughs> pair of pants. There you go. I got That's four. it. Ask me how many shirts I got though. I got at least 30. There you go. And I got different, and y'all can see behind me, I got a thousand and different one ties. I'm not gonna have the same outfit on twice, but I'm definitely not gonna wear them pants back to back. I'm I'm admitting this on air, and hopefully my wife don't hear me. But yes, I have. (laughs) I have definitely done that. Cause I don't ran out the house one time. I know I wore some black pants on Monday, and then I went back out, and I'm getting dressed. I'm like, this shirt go with them black pants, and I and you start thinking, what did you do the day before? Like, right, right. Out the house, me like, 
Yeah, we ain't had nothing to do. I just I sat down at my desk all day. I'm wearing these pants. Back out the door. Yeah. Oh, you hit it with that good flap. You just flap it. My good time. And with that good cologne, you good. That's it. <laughs> Make it through first period, man. You, you <laughs> nobody gonna know. Hit it, hit it, yeah, 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 Antoine, yeah, yeah. I hit, I hit it with the iron one time. A little quick shot of Febreze, and I'm out the door. Out the door, brother. You don't got time. <laughs> it was flat yesterday. Tomorrow it's a crease on it. They don't nobody know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that's gonna do it for the teachers' lounge confessions. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Miss G, I know who you are. I'm going to get you when I come to the eighth grade hall with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, thank y'all for the uh, Teachers Downs Confessions, man. Real, real good stuff, man. Guys, remember uh, to make sure you follow us at Mr. TOTP on Twitter at Tales of the 2% on Instagram. Join the conversation in our Facebook group at Tales of the 2% Podcast. If you want to be a part of the conversation, leave us a Teachers Downs Confessions. Email the show at tales of the two percent at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 470-765-8688. Now our data dig is brought to you by the good folks over at Unfiltered, man. It's starting to get warm, man. Then come see the people over at Unfiltered while your t-shirts, tees, hoodies, sweatsuits. They got the leggings, they got the joggers, they got it, man. Make sure you use the promo code TALES. That's right, T-A-L-E-S at checkout for 15% off of your order that is unfiltered there is a science to being you Najee hit us with the day to dig brother alright it's day to dig time so in twenty in a 2016 article written by David Cutler on spinculture.medium.com he lists five reasons why sport coaches make great teachers the list is as follows number one encourage failure number two acknowledge individual progress number three affirm the power of hard work number four affirm the power of teamwork and number five teach the value of struggle so fellas my question to you is after hearing that what can coaches help classroom teachers learn and is there anything classroom teachers can help pass on to coaches that's i'm throwing that out there to the team that's a real good question, man. Um, hmm. Go ahead, Jeff. What what can coaches help classroom teachers learn? And I think the biggest thing that pops up my mind first is how to deal with failure. Because we know in the classroom, too many failures throw off the pace of everything and almost set you back. So now you feel like you have to play catch up. Whereas coaches, they're used to it, it, it kind of takes a minute for everything to gel. There are very few coaches out there who have it all together by week one or game one or like the first practice. So they're they already built into their mindset that this isn't going to work, but I'm going to introduce it until it starts to work. As compared to classroom teachers, we know off the top, we maybe got two, three weeks tops on a subject and success or not we got to keep moving so i think probably that's the biggest thing coaches can teach the classroom teachers in reference to classroom teachers teaching to coaches um i'll probably say patience patience is probably the easiest thing um we we know a lot of hot-headed short-tempered coaches because it it it, it the, the level of expectation is a little bit higher so i think 
teachers know how to deal with the lack of skill just a little bit better and the lack of understanding an assignment just a little bit better. And I think that's probably the one thing coaches could learn from classroom teachers. Nice, nice, nice. Hey, if I could say one thing that I believe coaches can teach teachers, it has to be the competitive spirit, the competitive spirit. A lot of our students, and I've seen this from my own eyes, at least in my experience, they do uh, classrooms or kids in the classroom lack a competitive spirit. And what I mean by that is they don't understand that they think school is just where you're learning when really school is a place where you're competing for your level Mm -hmm. or successful uh, status in life. You know what I'm saying? So I think coaches could teach classroom teachers how to showcase competitiveness how to showcase teamwork, how to showcase pride. And, you know, just those type of characteristics could really boost and elevate a lot of our students' test scores and confidence in what they do in the classroom. Um, That's good. That's real, man. Um, For me, I would say, I think coaches can, um, can, can uh, teach teachers uh, teamwork. Uh, Cause we oftentimes think that you yeah. have to do it by yourself. Um, and yeah. kids begin to believe that it I, it's just me. I have to do everything. Even as teachers, we don't do it by ourselves. We do collaborative planning. Mm-hmm. We, we we plan. We're on teams. We 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 we're on. But but we teach individuality. So I think that if we start encouraging more working as a team, putting them in groups, doing those type of things, I think we'll we'll have that opportunity to allow students uh, to engage in that peer to peer learning which is the highest form of engagement for a child, for a student. And by them doing so, they'll learn more. They'll be able to do more um, in your classrooms as a teacher. And I think teachers can teach coaches patience. Uh, I want to agree with with um, with Jeff on that one because coaches can be a little, you know, because the, the playing field is their, is their playground. They're the yeah. principal of that field. They they're the experts. So sometimes not learning how to scale back into operating in patience. Um, I think some coaches definitely need that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True that, man. They we can coexist. Classroom teachers and coaches, they can coexist. Kumbaya. That's, true. <laughs> That's our day to dig. Hey man, appreciate that, Naj. Appreciate that, man. And again. We are definitely going to have a part two to this day, man. There's a couple coaches that I want to get in here. So a couple people who've tapped in who listen to the show that I want to get in here and get their thoughts and opinions on this, man. So appreciate you guys, man. Again, make sure you, if you want to get your podcast heard, if you want to get your podcast started, man, make sure you info, email the good folks over at Crux Media Group at info at LLC.com. Make sure everything from getting your podcast started to get it monetized. Make sure you contact the people at Crux Media to get your voice and your podcast heard. That's Crux Media. We are at the heart, the crux of podcasting. Now, our SEL moment for the day, man, is something that I've talked about before, and I feel it's necessary to come back again and again. And it simply talks about life and death simply life and death man real real interesting topic for today's sel moment so let's get this music going and let's get this over here now 
I'm going to give you this um, quote that I came across and it speaks like this. Many people die at 25 and aren't buried until 75. Let, let that sit with you for a second. Many people die at 25 and aren't buried until 75. And that came to us from uh, Benjamin Franklin, actually, or Ben Franklin. Um, and when I heard that, it made me think about what changes over life or what changes so much and that when life starts to come at you so much when life starts to hit you over the head when life starts to throw those curveballs at you you lose your confidence and you go from speaking life to you don't even know that you're doing it but you start saying you know what maybe they're right maybe i should do this maybe i should have did it this way maybe i'm supposed to be here and if you allow it, you'll let those things stop you from being who you're supposed to be and where you're supposed to be. And I, I put this scripture to memory and since putting it to memory, it has changed my everything. And that is life and death is in the power of the tongue. That's in Proverbs. I want to say eight, if I'm not mistaken. And when you really understand the power of words and forgive me for getting a little bit churchy right now but it says in the word that words don't return void so you got the same power in you to speak to a situation and a situation change you got the same power in you to speak to something and that thing has to obey the words think about this man it says many people die at 25 at 25 we are bright-eyed bushy tails some of us are probably just getting out of college starting our first job the world is full of opportunities but aren't buried until 75 that's when life starts getting real right around that time when you start diving into your 30s man i can go back and hit you with so many shoulda coulda wouldas but what i learned is that every failure is a setup Every failure is a setup for your next. Don't look at failure as death. Don't look at failure as you are a failure. You're only a failure if you stop trying. Everything is a test. Everything is a lesson. Everything is your setup for your next. Your next is only going to come about by how much life you put into it. If I want it, I'm a sacrifice for it. If I want it, I'm going to go out there and get it. We were in the green room talking about sacrifices and things like that, man. And that hit my heart hard because as black men, we often don't discuss what we have to give up. We often don't talk about the things that we have to do. It's just expected. And sometimes we feel overlooked. We're carrying the weight of our world on us and we still don't feel like we're good enough. All of my fellas out there listening right now gentlemen take 10 seconds to speak life to yourself i can do this i got this i'm gonna succeed i will not fail ladies and gentlemen many people die at 25 but aren't buried until 75 do not do not and i repeat do not forget to speak life at all times man that's our sel moment for the day fellas man how y'all feeling after that rejuvenated and invigorated speaking that good word over myself like you said brother thank you for that SEL. yeah 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 man um if i could borrow like 15 seconds man when you said when, when people die at 25 and you know they're not buried until 70 um 70 plus uh I, it made me think about how in the bible when you know the, the, the highest miracle that 
the biggest miracle that was ever uh, that ever happened on land was God raising up Jesus from from the dead, man. And mm-hmm. you know, I say that same miracle happens to us as well, man. We, sometimes we're in dead situations in our lives, yeah. But we gotta allow God to raise us up from those dead situations and allow us to to be risen. Because you you, you yeah. gotta believe that you can get out of situations. And to your point, man, it was just so impactful and powerful because when I hit twenty five is when I start. The, the 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 life started really happening. I lost yeah. both parents between twenty six and thirty six, mm-hmm. and man, I and then you know things happened between that time. But you know what? I allowed myself to be risen. I started yeah. speaking life. What you said, yeah. power, because there, there are enemies waiting on your words to act. So whatever yeah. you say, they're waiting to be activated. So be careful and be mindful and speak life yeah. upon yourself. So what you said, yeah. man, that was so powerful. And I received yeah. that message, uh, brother. Yeah, and that's true. See, now you even said something too, bro. When you speak it, the enemy is listening too. So when you start speaking negative, bro, they they gonna, they gonna push you further to that negative, mm-hmm. man, which I'm telling y'all. Speak life, man. Boy, y'all see what we doing in these green room. Yeah. Boy, these boys, I ain't sharpened iron right here. These boys be cutting it. Woo! I'm feeling good right now, boy. I might, I might go on a run. I might go on a run out here, man. I might go on a run, man. Hey, give us your shout out so we can get up out of here. <laughs> hey, uh, shout out to my students, man. This week they took a common assessment where I chewed them out. You know, I told them, listen, the last one we took, you know, we performed horribly for whatever reason. That's another topic. But I told them, you know, same thing what you just said. Listen, your words, your work. It will not return void unto you because you put in the valuable hard work that it takes to be great. And um, just want to, you know, send them shout outs. A lot of them did way better this go around. So shout out to my seventh grade students at Jonesboro Middle School. I'm proud of y'all. Mr. Lewis loves y'all. Thank you for being who y'all are. Yes, sir. Round of applause for them guys. Powerful, man. I want to shout out uh, one of my best friends, man, my best man. Um, my boy Darnell, um, he's uh, he's getting into education and man, just seeing him, he's in Virginia now and to see him, how much he loves working with kids. And he always said that, man, I was, man, you motivated me to get into education and just to hear that and seeing how well he's doing teaching um, in another state, but still being able to reach kids is so impactful. Um, so shout out to him, man. Keep going, brother, man. You know, I love you and uh, you're going to be great. Shout out to you, Darnell. Shout out, hands claps for you stepping in the education. Hey man, tell Darnell to come be on the show. Darnell gonna be Darnell. Listen, come on, bro. You're gonna be on one of our shows. <laughs> Definitely. Hey man. Um, first and foremost, fellas, as we do every week, I gotta give a shout out to the guys riding with us, man. Big ups to you, fellas. There is something special about the show, and I'm thankful for the brotherhood that has developed, man. Shout out to our guy Donnie, brother. Hope you feel better uh dj hope you feel better man hope you guys get over that stomach bug quick uh shouts out to everybody who's been riding with us since day one we have been blessed enough to do this for over a year now man many podcasts don't get out the first month we've been out this for over a year so thank you guys for all that you do man there is no us without you shouts out to all the black men stepping up and representing the two percent daily you guys are awesome we do this for y'all represent man um shout out to all the students as we're going through testing season who are showing up doing their best to put their best foot forward and you know achieve those higher goals and those higher grades like antoine said as always man shout out to my wife and my son love you guys thank y'all for letting daddy step over here and do what he does 
appreciate y'all very much and again man shouts out to the good folks over at crux media group and everybody who's made this thing successful um so that is it man um take it out the door man any of your brothers got a final word anything you want to say hey he who angers you controls you the moment you take your control back is the moment the enemy has no power over you walk in your divine presence and keep pushing until you reach the stars hey church 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 right there bro Woo. that one that one's good boy throwing water at the screen <laughs> Sorry. That. hey yes, man that's me we're gonna end it on that note man so hey on behalf of our boy Najee El Tayeb, yeah, on behalf of my boy Antoine, Mr. Too Cool for School, on behalf of our boy Donnie Williams, man, I am Mr. Wilson. We are Tales of the Two Percent, and we out. Awesome. I love it. You guys are so great.